So, God is good, amen? You know, God is always provided, as is evident, and today is no different. Today we welcome to our, our pulpit, Brother Arco. Hello? Thanks, guys. Um, Let's start off in a word of prayer. Father of abounding love, fill us with more of you. Guide us and lead us. Open our hearts and minds to you. Let this message bring all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I am glad to be with you today. The elders gave me the opportunity uh, to be with you and to come up here and share. And even though we had our baby's first birthday and dedication to the Lord yesterday, and my body feels completely sore from hauling all of the supplies back and forth and setting up and tearing down, it's a blessing being here today. So thank you again for um, all the help and your presence there if you were able to make it out yesterday, and I can't say thank you enough. But... I'm standing here before you for the first time, and this might be the first time we might be having um, interaction together. I've seen a lot of you here at church, but I haven't had the chance to just sit and talk with you. And um, still, I'm not hearing from your side, but you get to hear a little bit from me. So let me tell you about who I am. Some of you might know me as Gina's husband. If you don't know Gina, I am the worship guy's husband. And then I'm also listed as Kara's dad or Evie's dad. And then also, as I've heard many times, I am the gas station. So I am Arco. So speaking of which, Arco is not my real name. Dun, dun, dun. It's Ernest Davis Rodriguito Cabrera. Whoa, mouthful there. So Arco's not part of my name at all, but it comes from a nickname that I was given before I was born. When my parents were so pregnant with me, every time they went to the Arco gas station, all of a sudden, just um, my mom would feel all these kicks going on, and, and she's just noticing it, and it happened um, foolproof every single time they went to the Arco gas station. And then they were thinking, maybe he's just... I don't know, feeling the fumes or something like that. And they happened to go to another gas station, of course, and what happened? Nothing. Then they went back to Arco, and uh, it happened again. So that is my nickname. You can call me Arco or Ernest. Either is totally fine. And Ernest comes from my dad. So um, that's just uh, who I am. Um I am in seminary, I love cars, donuts, and photography, and I would love to talk to any of you about any of those topics anytime, so feel free to catch me and let's chat. So now that I've shared some stories about myself, let me share some stories about the church. So I'm not sure if you've seen this, but there's been a homeless man in a wheelchair on the corner of Studebaker and Foster, right outside the church for the last few weeks. 
He's brought over at 10.30 every Sunday by some people so that way he can ask for money. Have you seen him? Well, you shouldn't have because it isn't true. And um, I bring this up because it's the current day equivalent to Acts chapter 3. So we'll be talking about the early church and um, see how it applies to the current church 2,000 plus years later. So I'll be in Acts chapter 3, but I'll be jumping around, and this is our story time leading into our passage for the day. So one day at 3 in the afternoon, and 3 in the afternoon is a dedicated time of prayer. The Jews and the God-fearers, those are the Gentiles who have come to faith in Jesus, they would go to the temple at this time to pray. And there was a man who couldn't walk. He was carried over by his friends or family and brought to uh, the front of the gate to try and catch people on their way to the temple. This was deliberate because he hoped to get the attention and compassion of those who are on their way to pray to God. He made sure to be there at the right place and at the right time so that the offerings that they would normally give to God, those are called alms, may be collected by him. So he couldn't walk, so this was his form of work, so that way he could provide for himself. So he couldn't be late for work. That particular day, Peter and John walked by the gate and was spoken to by this man. He asked them for anything that he could spare, that they could spare. And Peter said, silver or gold, I have none. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. This was not what the beggar was expecting. At all. He was hoping to collect some money and just go on with his routine as he does every day. But as Peter looked up at Peter, as as this man was sitting on the ground, this beggar must have been confused. He must have been in disbelief. But he kept looking Peter in the eye and he started to trust in Peter. This man is genuine. He can see it in his eyes. And so um, Peter reached out his arms and he helped him up. In that next moment, the man had taken the first steps of his life on his own without the help of others. So I want to show you a video of a person. He is colorblind and he tries on these glasses that were made so that way he could see color for the first time. Oh, 
It's so clear I can't believe it. See the balloon color? <laughs> Papa, look at the hat. Oh my god! It's <laughs> not too good. Every time I see one of these revealing um, videos where now someone is able to try on these glasses and see color for the first time, the reaction is they're in disbelief, they're happy, and they're just overwhelmed. And then later on, they can do nothing but just share about what had just happened to them. And now they want to tell people who are going through the same things. And so that way they can now experience this newness of their life. And now going back to Acts chapter 3, we get to see um, this beggar who was lame. Not lame like, oh, he's not cool, but lame as in he couldn't walk. He was so, so, so excited he felt strong for the first time in his life. He was not just walking. He was running. He was jumping. And he was praising God while going to the temple with Peter and John. People saw him and began to recognize him. Isn't that the beggar that we see every day? I thought he couldn't walk. Well, he can walk now. And he's happy. Why? What is going on? So people came over to inquire about this. And Peter explained it to them that it is by Jesus that he was healed. And John, uh, Peter and John proclaimed that Jesus as the author of life, who was killed and then raised from the dead, it's through that power that he is now given the ability to walk. So they came as witnesses to personally seeing Jesus as the resurrected Lord and conqueror over sin and death. And then Peter led them to believe in Jesus and to repent for their sins. Many believed in Jesus' name at that moment. That was a big problem, however, because the priests and the Sadducees, those were the religious rulers of the time, the leaders, and they were seeing that Peter and John were teaching about Jesus to many people and proclaiming about this new thing about resurrection of the dead. And it says in Acts 4, 4, that many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000. Just from that um, moment. 5,000 now were coming to believe. And now the, the religious leaders, they have to have action. They're seeing what's going on. How are all these people who were believing in God now believing in some man from uh, Bethlehem named Jesus who is claiming to be the author of life, the um, God himself, and now coming back to life? They had to stop this. So they took Peter and John in. 
They arrested them. They questioned them. They had them tried in court. The religious leaders tried to threaten them to stop speaking any of this nonsense at once and just have them be on their way because there was nothing else that they could do. Peter responded to them by saying in verse 19, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, or rather to God, you must judge. Basically, he was saying, is it better to listen to God or to you? And they went on their way. When Peter and John were released, they met with their friends and they shared what had happened. They prayed together and they just rejoiced. They prayed concerning the religious leaders and then for themselves to be empowered to continue sharing this good news. So now that we know the context, let's go into the word that we'll focus on today. It'll come from Acts 4, 29 to 37. I'll stop by reading a few of the verses, starting at verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats. This is regarding the religious leaders. And grant to your servants, the believers, to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed in place, the place in which they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So this is the early church right here. This is the fellowship and work of the believers. I want you to notice a few things. They ask God to consider the threats. They don't say, have judgment on those leaders. They, they arrested us, and then they questioned us. They kept us. No, they said to God, consider their threats. And then they asked him to consider that, and they continued to seek God in his will. Then they asked God for the ability to speak the word. Not that... They just wanted to speak it, but they wanted to speak it with boldness. They prayed for themselves to be strong so that they can pray on the behalf of other people to be raised in Jesus' mighty name. Verse 32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. And for as many as were owners of lands and houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. So it says that some of the believers were of one heart and soul. No. I, I, I don't think that was right. It was the full number that were of one heart and soul. Were there ten believers again? No. Mm, hundred. No. A few hundred? A thousand? Five thousand. They were all unified and one in heart and soul. Imagine the time that you spent with your closest friends. 
It's a lot of time, right? It takes a lot of effort to get to know them well. It starts by getting to the point where um, you guys hang out and then you can start asking them what their needs are. And then as more time progresses and uh, you are spending more time with them, it gets to a special point in that relationship when you can sense the needs of your friends without them even mentioning it. And I believe this is the relationship that was reached in the community then. Al and Altois Hapanta Koina. I'm not speaking English. That was Greek. And it just says, but they had everything in common. So everything that they had, they shared and they cared. This was especially important because as the apostles were going out and now they're telling everything about Jesus and that he would uh, save them and he would be, um, he is God and he has risen from the dead. And they're declaring actions of, they're declaring Jesus as love. They couldn't just go on by just doing that and leaving the body as is. They needed to act in his love as well. So their deeds need to follow their words. Love for the family, for God, was as important at this time as their words. John Calvin, you might know that name. He wrote in his commentary, We must have hearts that are harder than iron if we are not moved by the reading of this narrative. In those days, the believers gave abundantly of what was their own. We, in our day, are content with not just jealousy, to retain what we possess, but callously to rob others. They sold their own possessions in those days. In our day, it is the lust to purchase that reigns supreme. At that time, love made each man's own possessions common property for those in need. In our day, such is the inhumanity of many that they begrudge to the poor a common dwelling upon the earth the common use of water, earth, and sky. Let's remember some of Jesus' words. Let me point back to Luke 4, 18 and 19. Jesus specifically says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. To proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. So let's remember that the believers prayed for boldness. Right? We read that in, in, I believe, 29. And verse 33, it shows them continuing on sharing Jesus' testimony. Now this is answered prayer, because they asked for God Let us speak with boldness. And they continued on now just telling people. They had to consider that they had a ban on speaking this Jesus' name and this resurrection of the dead. And they had to consider the persecution that they would face by going against that ban by the religious leaders. The prayer that they had was asking of peace to be able to push on regardless of what they might face and boldness to trust Jesus and to share about him no matter what may happen. 
this year we are talking about being intentional. Our verse again, what is it? Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So I want you guys to reflect back on your life now. How much of your time, how much of what you do is done in the name of Jesus? I want you guys to challenge yourselves. Let's be intentional. We come here and we listen every Sunday and we hear this and we might be moved, but how far can we go? How far can we grow? Let's think of specific goals that we can reach so that way we can do everything in word and deed unto the Lord. So we read that thousands were added to the church. Does that sound ridiculous to have that happen now? Thousands of people? It doesn't have to be. Imagine of everyone who you spoke to, speak to every day. And imagine if you mentioned Jesus every single time. We collectively could reach hundreds, thousands of people. If you believe that Jesus doesn't work through people or through you in that way, then you are putting a cap on yourself and you are putting a cap on God, on the potential that could be reached in you. So if that still sounds hard, if it sounds impossible, let's start slowly. Let's be intentional. Let's start with a small goal and work our way through that. Start with one person. Not every day. That's still hard. One person this month. I want you guys to pray to God to consider the threats that you might be face. That someone might say no or someone might come at you and face you with their beliefs. But pray to God that he just considers it. But then continue to pray for boldness. Ask Jesus to give you a heart for the people so that you can genuinely be sharing the testimony of Jesus. Don't be the religious version of Cutco. And by that I mean, don't go around trying to sell Jesus to everyone that you see and just have it come out of your mouth. Do it because you care for them. Not just uh, the act of doing, yep, I I reached my quota of people, I'm good, and um, I I should be able to, to go to heaven. It's not about a quota. It's not about just doing the act. It's not about just deeds. It's about your heart. It's about your relationship with Jesus. So let's be intentional. Let's pray. And let's um, continue in his will. And then let's be bold about it. Let's be like the people trying on these colorblind glasses for the first time. Let's be overwhelmed by Jesus. Let's be excited about Jesus. Let's tell the world about Jesus that we have seen a new light. My next challenge to you is let's get to know the people of our church. Take one person or one family and pray for them each week. I know that we have um, our directories, 
So if you're still a little shy, you know, open them up, go through, pick a name, pray for them. And if you're willing, find them and tell them that you're praying for them and ask them, how can I pray for you? And it will be immense to their lives and it will be immense in your life as well. Invite someone to go out for a meal or go somewhere like a donut shop and talk for a while. Just get to know them. People love donuts, okay? Don't underestimate them. And reach out to another age group. The children and youth, they're young, and they can benefit from the more mature. But it doesn't stop there. The more mature can benefit from the children and youth. Don't forget that. We have graduates. They've come a long way. They've gone through um, different steps of, say, preschool graduations or elementary or high school or college. They've come a long way, but they can reach to the younger ones that they hang out with, and you can impart to them, and they can be... Uh, learning and, and taking in a lot of wisdom and experience. The next challenge is to read your Bibles and get to know Him. Get to know this Jesus that they were so bold to share about and have the time to sit with Him in those words. You don't need to knock out a Bible in a year or um, you know read a chapter every day or finish a whole book in a month or anything like that, but just sit in... Um, the word with him and start small again let's be intentional read a little bit read a verse or a, a passage a chapter whatever you're comfortable with and sit in that what does that mean to you and then if you want talk to other people about it and try to see if they know something about that verse or if you can share something and that might help them in their current situation but i want you to be filled so that way you can fill others because you can't give what you don't have. Have everything in common. That's the next challenge. Care for those that are needy. And neediness and sickness come in many forms. We see the needy and um, the sickness come in the most obvious way from like a physical standpoint. We saw this man who couldn't walk. We see people who have leprosy in the Bible and um, people that are uh, suffering with fevers and die. But it's not just the physical, because it's obvious. We know someone's sick and we, we are willing to help them, pray for them, bring them soup or visit them in the hospitals or anything like that. But also be aware that other people can be needy in different ways. People can be emotionally needy. They might just seem quiet to you, but maybe they feel lonely because no one wants to talk to them. Reach out to them. They might be emo um, mentally needy, and they might seem weird to you, but they might be having a problem and not know how to deal with it. Mental sickness is really prevalent, and... We don't talk about it enough. We don't reach the community enough. And there are people that are just struggling and not knowing how to deal with life. And we just think, 
oh, I don't want to associate them with them. You know, we, we wouldn't get along. I wouldn't be able to help them. They're too weird for me. The reasons go on and on. Put that aside. Pray for them. And uh, be bold to, just, to reach out to them. So take steps in the right direction. I want to share just a little bit more encouragement to you because as we continue down this path of being intentional, it is scary. It can bring up a lot of feelings that we haven't felt in a while or have ever felt because it might be our first time telling someone about Jesus or we might have been really bold before, but now we kind of just are content with ourselves and we come to church and that might be it. But don't let that be the cap on your life. Don't let that be your relationship with Jesus. Don't let him be an acquaintance, but let him be your best friend. And let me share it from Second Timothy 1.7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. 1 John 4.18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And lastly, Ephesians 3.20-21 Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask and think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, you are so good. You are love. And I ask that you open up our hearts. You soften our hearts. You let this message sink in so that way we are being called closer to you. Drive out any fear that we may have and fill it now with confidence. Let us be bold to proclaim your name. Help us as we challenge ourselves. It is hard, but you have called us to take the hard road. And let us not do it alone, but let us lean on each other. As Let us all have this in common that we are one church, one body, one heart, one soul. Father God, we turn to you as our God. Give us your spirit that we may be bold. Let us be intentional. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.